All right. Friends, family, friends who have become familia, welcome. Bienvenidos, bienvenu to another episode of the Reformed Hooligans podcast. I am your host, as usual, Osahan, here with my partner in crime, Brian, my guy. Yeah. How are you? Good. I think uh, ever so slightly I'm becoming a Villa fan in the Premier League. I think I'm jumping on the bandwagon. Okay. I'm, but is not Villa? Is it Villa or West Ham that's your team on Football Manager? Oh, West Ham. West Ham. That's okay. the dynasty. Yeah, that's the dynasty. Oh, so just for the folks at home, uh, so for those FIFA people, oh, no, you have nothing on this team. I had Erlen Holan. That's striker. Okay, I'm going to go through this really quickly here. Ooh, go do it. Left do wing. It. All right, so I had Jared Bowen on the right side, just like they do in real life. Granted, are you running a 4-3-3? What formation are you running? A 4-2-3-1, but it okay. kind of becomes a 4-3-3 because my uh, number 10 always presses. So I use that pre- I use that number 10 as a like kind of a pressing, supporting midfielder. I don't ever use that okay. 10 as an attacking player. I like that. I like that. Unless I had Jude Bellingham as a shadow striker, but we're going to get there. Uh, um, yeah, I like that. So on the left side, I had uh, Argentine wonder kid Tiago Almada, who also could play the number 10 role, but he was better out left. Then I had Jude Bellingham, of course, Declan Rice. I had uh, Jack Grealish for a little bit before I sold him uh, a year later. And then, so all those were all the guys I threw into that fold. And then, of course, at goalie, I had Jack Butlin. You know, he reborn. He had a rebirth of his career, and then my back line mm-hmm. was pretty much Issa Diop, Abdul Diallo from PSG. I got him on a deal. Live nice. Kazawa on a free, and then on the left side, I was able to snag uh, Matty Cash for a season before I was able to buy Max Wolber. And Max Wolber is my current captain at West Ham right now, with Nicholas Sula. And oh, big Nick. Yeah, yeah, Nicholas Sula, and uh, a name that was heard for United was Nikola Milinkovic of Fiorentina. Yeah. Uh, that was my other center back, so two guys that can dribble, and they're huge. Good luck with that. And then at right back, I was able to grab Adria Zola for $50 million. Thank you, Real Madrid. With nice. Declan Rice, Jude Bellingham, and then I brought Brazilian wonder kid. Uh, it was a regen, uh, Marcos Rogério, to replace um, Danny Olmo, who I sold to Arsenal for $94 million. And then on the le- on the right side, I sold Jared Bowen, and I was able to bring in Ansu Fati for 168 million. So I have Ansu Fati on the left side, and then I have Portuguese wonder kid right now. Actually, he hasn't hit the first team yet for Benfica, but uh, Benfica wonder kid Nuno Santos. He's my right winger right now, but traditionally he's more of a number ten player. He probably will be more of a central player, but I have him playing on the right side, and Jude Bellingham plays on the right side sometimes too. So that's a good squad. Dude, that is a nicely formed with Alexander Nubel replacing Jack Butlin. Nicely formed squad. I like it. I yeah. like it. Not yeah. not too many big names, you know, but solid pieces for the formation that you're running. And that, yeah, folks, this is why I appreciate the game of soccer so much. If you're a, a fan of American, you know, any sort of American sports, basketball, baseball football you're probably tempted to look at the game of soccer and think ah i don't see any big names because that's the big thing right now right you look at the well america's got some big names yeah let's hype up the american you know what let's let this will be the first this will be the first this will be the first one minute clip of the episode right here 
There four minutes, four minutes and zero seconds. So here we go. Team USA, Serginho Dest, um, Conrad De La Fuente, bam, bam, Barcelona. And you know, Ronald Koeman knows, you know, crap on him all you want. When he was at Everton, right? Was he at Everton? Koeman, yeah, he, he was. was. Everton. He was at They Everton. had great freaking fullbacks. True. They had great fullback pairings. And actually, that's something that Everton has actually inherited since because I love Luca Denier. I think he's the most underrated player in the he's Premier solid. League. One Stop of the most it. underrated players in the, all of Europe. Um, besides the point. But this is it right here. Weston McKinney at Juventus. Now, I haven't watched any Juventus games in particular yet this season, and I've been slacking. I'm sorry. But I, I, I like Weston McKinney at that place. Him. Yeah, He's the Matuidi replacement. And that's it's going to work well for him. That is uh, from reports that I've Imagine read. having him and Tyler Adams. And I love watching Tyler Adams at Leipzig, man. I love, I love, love, love Tyler Adams at Leipzig. It'll be a shame when we lose him because I like him playing next to Hadar, by the way. I think that's scary. Pirlo, knowing the way that Pirlo thinks, I could see him making a run at Tyler Adams. We, as we know, Pirlo. Pirlo came from the great. U.S. That was the yeah. same system Adams came out of. That's Midfield great, players, so, and yeah. apparently him and Weston McKinney are on the same page. So I think it's going to be uh, – we will for sure see a leap uh, to the next level for a Weston. And then Josh Sargent, shout out to him too. Yes. Looking for him to have a big season this year. Werder Bremen needs him. He will. That's for sure. He will. He will, no doubt. And, of course, we can't forget the young the young gun, Gio Reyna, over at uh, at Dortmund. Jeez. And Halan's basically endorsing him as the American dream. Wonderful. Dude. So Halan's making his presidential pitch for Gio Reyna right now. That's what he did. That was the joke. That was kind of funny. Hilarious. So yeah. The U.S. has solid in, in, in goal. I mean, That's goalkeeper, I mean, goalkeeper the depth has to be questioned. I mean, yeah. here's the thing with the Not U.S. I think American soccer fans might take goalkeeper for granted because, I mean, look at the That's freaking goalies that have played for Team USA. Oh, Keller man. and Howard alone, I think, had like the last 30 years. Between yeah, those two. Keller Howard uh, and Guzan probably. Yeah, yeah. Guzan's solid. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, you know, he's good goalie. Um, you know, I mean, we can talk about the prospects that haven't worked out, but I think overall with the United States, Zach Steffen is the guy that they're relying on. I think that's pretty fair to say, right? And he's the oh, number yeah. two at Man City. I think um, he'll probably play more of the English League Cup games. I hope. I don't know how it is going to happen with Pep. Because... I, think, I think that's where he gets his reps, barring some sort of silliness. I mean, playing at Dusseldorf last year, I don't think helped his confidence at all. That team was mm. terrible. True. I think they scored like, what, 19 goals all year. Like, that was yeah, horrible. Wasn't pretty. Wasn't I mean, pretty. they only gave up 50 for a team to finish last. That's not terrible, but right. he only scored 19 goals. Like, come on. Hmm. So, shout out to Zach Steffen. Hopefully, he, uh, he gets some good time at Man City. And Man City's got a lot of kids they got to bring up, and it's too bad they're going to lose Eric Garcia, which is actually where we'll start with our transfer, um, with our transfer show. Transfer talk. Yeah, the transfer window. Because Man folks. City are going to lose Eric Garcia in January regardless. That's according to Garcia's representatives. Yeah, because they they couldn't get the deal across the line. Uh, at the time of this recording, the transfer window, uh, the fall transfer window has just and closed. And City is stupid well, actually, for not loan them out. The summer window has just closed uh, two days prior to this, and there were some great deals that crossed the line at the 11th hour, but there were some deals that had to press the pause because they couldn't get it across, and we will for sure see them in January. That air There'll still be domestic deals, of course. Right. There'll still be domestic transfers, yeah. Right, but but not the the big, you know, across uh, across, across countries. Uh, Brian, let's just go down the list. 
we'll go league by league. Starting in the Premier League, what was a big splash signing that you saw that impressed you? I mean, well, let's talk about the Edison Cavani signing because even though it comes off as like Man United being desperate for a veteran striker again, it seems, but here's the thing with United. It's always been, I think it's like, what, what would you say, Osahan, like a 60 to 65% success rate, pretty much? With the strikers that they signed? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for yeah. every Ibrahimovic and Vanessa yep. Roy, you get, or of Cantona, you yeah. get a Falcao or, you know, um, I mean, I mean, Forlan had a great run. You, well, uh, yeah, I would put Forlan in the immediate. Well, he was he was more actually. You no, know, no, he was a stud. No, no he was a yeah. right. He was a stud by that. Uh, right. I mean, no, they, he was they better had, athletic. Actually, I think it's up. I think it's closer to seventy five percent. You let's not forget yeah. Van Persie. Let's not forget, uh, of course, the Solskjaer, uh, the the great dynamic duo of Cole and York. Uh, United has had they've had some strikers come through the ranks. Yeah. I, I, you know what? And it's crazy oh, and because Berbatov, I forgot about Berbatov as well. Berbatov, yep, Tevis as well. I mean, so there's some names there. I think for United, I think it's more the veteran strikers over 28, and that's where I think the it gets a little more dicey because sure. I think that Falcao example is just screams horror, right? Yeah. But it's not his fault though. Mm -hmm. So I don't think United fans hold it against Falcao as much because I think they know how good Falcao was, right? I got some Portuguese league footage from like 2007, if you want proof. Hey, he was nice. No, I, I've seen <laughs> that I've Benfica seen team with him and Di Maria was unfair. That was for the record. For the code. record, it was a cheat code. It was. That was like an underrated team. That team went to like a Champions League round of eight, I think. So I'm not going to talk about this Cavani signing because folks think I'm biased. So, Brian. Right. Well, actually, can we talk about some out of Europe signings before we go back to the major leagues? Because there was some good, there was some good outside league signings. So, um, from Porto, you know, they've shifted their roster around quite nicely. I, I give Porto a lot of credit. Um, Zay Luis, like Alex Tevez, had a Tevez had a year left in his contract. They were able to offload uh, the Cape Verdean star for eight million euros. That's a solid move. Not mad. Not bad for a team that they gave up on. Well, they sold Fabio Silva. They got rid of Zay Luis. Mm -hmm. um, but they were able to keep some veterans around so they don't lose them like they did with Felipe and Hector mm -hmm. Herrera. That mm -hmm. was painful for Porto, by the way. Um, another major move I kind of like. I mean, what, I mean the Chiesa, we'll get to the Chiesa move in a second. But um, hold on. Uh, you, you a big signing. How about... Uh, Wendell, right? So Wendell Tavares uh, oh, Santos yeah. from Sporting. He left mm -hmm. Sporting, as I mm -hmm. predicted. He went to Zenit, St. Petersburg, for $22.3 So a lot of Portuguese players tend to like going to Russia. I don't know yeah. why. Um, but the thing is, like, Russians tend to love the Portuguese over there. So that's I, the I guess guys like Amario Fernandez kind of paved the way. Even Maybe, perhaps, yeah. I mean, Rafinha coming to Leeds. We'll get to that move. That's a little weird. But Jeremy Doku from Anderlecht, the 18-year-old wonder kid. We mentioned him on um, in prior episodes of the summer. He's going to Ren. Listen, Ren. Ren $28 million. Dollars. So Chelsea basically out. gave Doku to Ren. So first of all, I hope Chelsea fans realize just how good Ren might be this year. They might be better on the attack than they were last year. I mean, yes, Rafinha was really good, and Rafinha is a special... He has some special skills. Like Lucas Moore, I think Rafinha has that burst. And when he gets going, like Lucas Moore, as you saw a couple years ago, he's capable of scoring goals and setting everybody up. But I think for how Ren's going to play this year, now with Doku, you're going to use him a little more. He might, he might be able to become a striker. 
I think there's a chance he might be able to become a nine, a number nine on a legitimate level. He, he has the pace to do it. Definitely has I'm the sure. pace to do it. Oh, absolutely. And then, um, you know, and then Bakayoko going to Napoli. We heard about that one for a while. Right. That's a, that was that was one. And then that's pretty much it. But that was that was just the two moves to Russia. Um, you know, I thought that was interesting. And then um, uh, let's talk about Chiesa going to Juventus. I'm a little disappointed that he didn't want to play outside of Italy. I would have loved him at Leipzig. <laughs> Not like we need any more. Italian. He would have been a perfect. He would have been a perfect Timo Werner replacement. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That would be that. Like he would have been per- picture perfect. That would have role. taken some good pressure off of Polson because Yusef Polson is not that guy. But well, I, I think, think Sokarov. Well, Sokarov has a lot of Polson type skills. I've noticed. I just feel like a Crystal Palace. They and they couldn't. Use, they don't use the striker in that role. Like he just didn't fit there. So that's. Fair. I'm hoping, but I mean, after seeing Cunha go off at Hertha Berlin, I'm a little nervous about the decision making right now. So. Just saying. Mm. It, it mm. frustrates me. I'm happy for Matthias Cunha, but mm. that so was one I didn't want to let go. That was one Chiesa. I didn't want to let go. Yeah. Chiesa makes this move. He's the Bert well, now Federico Bernadeschi. I mean, honestly, yeah. if I were United, why didn't you make a move for Bernadeschi? I think actually Bernadeschi in the Premier League, his style of play. It translates. He would be a poor man's James Rodriguez, kind of like, you know, what James is doing on the right side. Mm-hmm. But I mean, considering what Chelsea and I'm not gonna and Abraham talk. We talked about this before the show. If Chelsea's gonna pay eighty million dollars for Kai Havertz, you know, Man United could have made that move easily. We, I mean, we Jeremy don't. Doku. Why not go out and get Doku from Anderlecht? Right. I mean, you don't need to have every English wonder kid in the freaking world, man. I mean, let's add a Belgian kid, uh, you know, who might be in there. Actually, he's probably the future right wing for Belgium. I'll even go as far as that. He's that good. He has that kind of potential. He's 18. He's already playing in League One. League One. Yeah, this this goes back to what we said at the top of the program, though. People, uh, if you're the kind of person who's looking for big names instead of looking for, I mean, not that the not that the not that the Palestri signing was bad on United's part. No, it wasn't. That was that's, that's United that was business. What people forget about United is when it comes to their academy, they t- churn out good product. So United does know how to work with young players. So the Palestri signing, loved it. The uh, the uh, Diallo signing, I like it. However, mm-hmm. you could have gotten to Debo. Let's there you go. Let's let's shoot the elephant in the room right now. Okay, mm-hmm. we've said it time and time again on this program. We said it going back to the spring when his name was first raised in possible transfer talks to United for the money that could have been paid. That was that Dortmund was asking for Jaden Sancho. And then between 100 and 120 million pounds. Okay. For that same money, they could have completed. Of course, they got Donny Vandebeek. They got Alex Tellez, uh, Palestri, Diallo. And you could add another piece like a Chiesa or uh, like you just said, a T. Well, I would say Jeremy Doku. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Doku was 30 million. Stadi Ren paid 30 million. That's Ren. Ren haven't been in the Ren. Champions League in how long? Come on, man. First Come of all, on. I mean, Come United, on. you're acting like, okay, you know, Doku, I mean, I'm not saying like, you know, he's a he's a big success or any, he, he's going to be a star. I mean, I, I, I mean, you know what? He might not be a star for United right away, 
But, you know, imagine him with Mason Greenwood. And, and then you so, can move on from Martial Rash. You know, when Martial moves on, you'll already have a replacement for that. You'll be so, good to go. That's hindsight. With that being said, with that yeah. being said because the, I think the point is they could have made all those signings for the same, if not less, than what they would have had to pay in transfer fees for Jaden Sancho. And since we're talking why did about they, Jaden Why did they delay the Chris Smalling sale for as long as they did? That was that's That's poor. There were signings that could have got them the cash, but let's talk about system. From a uh, formation standpoint, you bring in a guy like Akiesa or like uh, like Doku you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. What does that do formationally for United's formation, Brian? Um, basically, Marcus Rashford moves to the nine role. Um, it, I would prefer, I mean, Doku, let's say Chiesa was out of there because he wanted to stay in Italy. Fair. And let's say Doku is the option. Now you can rotate um, possibly between Doku. Uh, you can rotate uh, Daniel James. You can rotate uh, like Mason Greenwood in that role. They tend to like him there in the inside forward type of deal. Um, you know, I mean, just being able to rotate all those guys. And then Mason Greenwood can play some striker. Marcus Rasher can play out in the right side. Martial. And guess what? Doku could play the nine. He could develop into a natural number nine. I'm not saying that Mason Greenwood ain't going to be the future number nine of United, but Doku has some skills there. And like Jaden Sancho, he tends to like on the he tends to play on the right side. Now you're going to pay 100 million for Sancho, but you could have gotten Doku. Now the next time you're going to now in three or four years when he goes off at run and scores like 50, 60, 70 goals in the next three years or something like that, or maybe he goes out and gets like 20, 30 assists. Now you're going to have to pay 65 million to get him as opposed to 29 or 30 or 31. The business moves, Brian, the business moves. And the I mean, there's a reason the RB Leipzig basically have gotten out of the financial fair play because let's face it, they sell big and then they buy medium wise. And that's kind of how, you know, some of the other clubs have gotten around. Look at Everton. Everton has spent a crap ton of money, but guess what? They've also sold, you know, not, not maybe the ratio is not as friendly as you'd like, but at least Everton made back you know sixty percent of that money, so they're they're still passing financial fair play. And where's Everton right now? Right now they're in first place, but we'll uh, you know I want to talk about Aston Villa next because they had the best transfer window in the Premier League. Now Everton it, Everton already had a run before the COVID where I think Carlo figured out exactly what he wanted to do. Now, I love the Decore signing. Actually, Everton was exactly where I wanted him to go. You can vouch for me on that. Yep, uh, we got the receipts if it, for that. If it wasn't Tottenham, if it wasn't Tottenham, because I, I didn't think Tottenham was going to be able to get Hoiberg. I didn't have a lot of confidence in Jose wanting Hoiberg for some reason. Um, didn't see that coming. But, you know, Decore's there. I, I understand James at Everton. That's huge. But I think the Carlo Ancelotti link is the only reason he goes to Everton. So I want to give Everton credit, but Carlo's a great manager. So I like that. But most of all, I like seeing Andre Gomez being able to play kind of as a roaming playmaker. I like that. That's kind of the role he played in the 2016 Euro for Portugal. So I like him in that role too. So it's the players that they have I, I, equipped with some of the other pieces that they've added in there that have been fantastic. I mean, never mind the fact Seamus Coleman looks healthy. And we've talked about Digne already on this show. Digne is fantastic. And the, I, I like that you brought up Gomez because we brought him up, I think it was month. 
it was the end of last Premier League season. I mean, never mind Alan. I didn't even mention Alan. Alan yet. Oh yeah, that was, Alan's that's fantastic. Another yeah, another great signing. But we that might... allows Andre to play up is because Alan can play the back. And right, it's not like Andre couldn't play defensively, but I think because Andre played so much defensively, he was wearing down. And this was something right. that was happening at Barcelona too. Right, and that was precisely what we mentioned at the end of last season, as we were talking about potential moves that each of the top maybe seven to ten teams needed to make to make that leap. Uh, I remember when we brought up Everton, we said someone to partner in the middle with Gomez to give him the freedom to be able to roam and play make without having to worry about the defensive side of the ball. So what Carlo has done and what Everton has allowed Carlo to do is build a team that from a system perspective, from a formation perspective, the pieces work, the pieces clip, click, they all complement each other in the way that they should. They look really scary. Yeah, and let's talk about Aston Villa before we get to Leeds. Yeah. Uh, because Aston go. Villa, first of all, Dean Smith, when he took the Aston Villa job, what is it, 27 months ago, they were what, 11th in the championship? They they were, they, yeah, they were mid, mid-table championship. Like, that's crazy. And now, like, 17 months later, they have Jack Grealish signed on a four-year extension on a reasonable wage bill for a guy his talent, by the way. Then you were able to get Ali Watkins, who's probably the best player in the championship last year. Sorry, Alexander Mitrovic. No insult to you. But Ali Watkins was probably the best player in the championship last year, and they got him. And by the way, how many guys get to say that their first Premier League hat trick was against the Premier League champions, Liverpool? That some people were calling was the best team in Europe. Can we okay. pause and talk about that match real quick? Because Ollie Watkins right. needs an England call up after that performance. Can we? Pause? I want to see. Can I see him and Calvert Lewin just play the? You know what? Then but that disrespects Rashford, though. Like you can't win. Yeah, true. You, you can't, can't win, win with top. England, man. You up top, win. they're too strong. And then Harry Kane can't sit. So exactly, Captain Kane can't do. Hold on, we got to talk about this Liverpool Aston Villa game. Okay, it was a sad day for me because United. It just proved lost. that Aston Villa killed the transfer window. By the way, it proved that. right. Right, United because the same because co- Aston Villa didn't play any differently than they did the two meetings they played them last year. They didn't play any differently. Dean Smith is stubborn, but he knows how to play Liverpool for some reason. Out of all the teams in the bottom of the half of the table last year, I think Everton and the Merseyside derby in that zero-zero draw, that boring game, and then. Villa. I think those were the only two teams at the bottom half of the table that really played well against them. Oh, oh, Outside no. of Bournemouth in the first you half of the season. One. What? Watford. Watford. Oh, yeah. Watford. Not Watford just yeah. snapped that run. And here, here's the key. Here's the trick. Not the trick, but here's the key to beating Liverpool, at least what these teams A healthy have Troy Dini. A healthy, A healthy Troy, Troy Dini always helps. Yeah. But also... You- <laughs> Sorry. Get wide. Get wide against Liverpool and stay organized because Liverpool on the counterattack is lethal. When you got a Trent Alexander-Arnold running down that right side, when you have uh, that attacking three, when you have Firmino pressing and helping to start that counterattack, Liverpool is lethal. But what all of these teams demonstrated in their victories against Liverpool was they got wide and they stayed organized. You do that against Liverpool. I'm not saying it's the smoke. It's the match. It's the the silver bullet. But uh, I think it just might be it. And that's the thing against Liverpool. Not too many teams stay organized and disciplined against them. So for Aston Villa, what was the final score? 7-2? 7-2. They won 7-2. I mean, Jack. almost got two hat tricks. To be fair. They almost got two hat tricks against them. You know what's crazy? Jack Relish. You didn't really hear his name much the first 40 minutes. But I knew he was the Alan Watkins show. 
And it he, was and Ollie he, Walk and Show, and you know, fantastic. Douglas Louise, by the way, my is still the second it. best. Give player him his roses. We got to give Douglas him his roses. Louise. First of all, it's a shame that he didn't get a work permit before he got to Villa. But Aston Villa better be freaking lucky that he didn't until now, because dude is going to be the dude's going to be a sixty million dollar player. He's fantastic. I, I he like is. Douglas Louise. The dude plays that deep line playmaker role pretty nicely. But he also is a really good defensive midfielder. Like I think he's going to start playing for Brazil pretty soon. I think Brazil needs to happen. It needs to sell us out. Call him up. Woo! Make the call. So yes, Aston Villa beats Liverpool seven two on a day. By the way, on a day where two legendary Premier League teams gave up six goals or more. United oh, yeah. lost six one to Tottenham. To be fair, though... But that red card pretty much That did. red card did it. That red card did United in. Martial's got to be a little more man. disciplined than that. He does, even though... Okay, discipline aside, it was funny. That smack was funny. That was a but Pepe moment. It was. However, yeah. you just don't do that. So he gets a red card in the 45th minute. United is... Uh, no, I'm sorry. Not the 45th. In the 28th minute. I'm confusing uh, the previous Liverpool match. He gets a, a red card in the 28th minute. It's already 2-1 one or 3-1. It's 2-1. Right? It's 2-1 oh, at one. that point. United had scored on a penalty kick, of course. Bruno uh, Fernandes. Three minutes into the match. Right. Bruno Fernandes. Uh, three minutes into the match. Uh, Tottenham comes back and scores two goals. I think it was like five or ten minutes apart. And then that red card happened and everything unraveled. Here is my issue with it, though. Martial is your number nine. What does your number nine going out have to do with your defense unraveling like that? I, I don't get it. If there was uh, ever a case for United needing a better back line, needing more help in their center backs, it's that right there. It's not. I mean, RB Leipzig like, played a back three with come on. two fullbacks playing center back last season and made it come to on. a Champions League semifinal. Come on. What is Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer doing? Exactly. And he, I mean, and Roy Keane, Gary Neville, and Patrice Evra can defend him till yep. defending him till the death. But you know what? At some point, they're going to make a call to Pochettino. Allegedly, okay. they've already made the call. Here is my thing with Ollie. Well, with it's Ollie. crazy because what happened with okay. what happened with Jose two years ago? They did the same yeah. thing. They already had Ollie on the phone, ready to go. Ready to go. I love Ollie. Don't get me wrong. I love Ollie. I love the story of a. Uh, of a, a player, but his defensive you know, structure. Team. It's that it, defensive structure since the second half of that season after the PSG win. It's not. That, that's not man, good. They're mid table defensively. Good. It is, and it's painful to watch. You can have all the talent. And Eric Bailly looks at Eric Bailly's looking like Jerome Boateng after messing so, across. So check this out, though. This is what frustrated me. Martial goes out on a red, and what does Oli do? He bring he subs in Bailly. It, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know how healthy. He didn't look that healthy. He didn't. He was hurt. And then, and then, hold on. No, actually, he wasn't hurt. He Well, he might have been and didn't say anything. But or he didn't look in, fresh. Uh, we'll put it playing an international uh, competition this week in an international friendly, he got hurt. Oh, wonderful. So he was probably not fresh. He wasn't. Nope. He wasn't. So United... They take a, a, a six to one loss. They were down four one at the half. It wasn't pretty. I I I just chalked it up for what it was going to be, and I'm grieving. I'm hurt. And, and it then, makes Tottenham look better than they actually are. That's it does. It really does. And then the Liverpool Aston Villa game comes on, <laughs> and it made everything feel better. Well, Adrian was the goalie for Liverpool, right? He was. So he Liverpool's was. just gonna, Liverpool fans are going to. I'm not saying they're all going to cling to this excuse, but. 
Adrian is terrible. He is. First of all, for Liverpool, the biggest failure is not going out and snagging Onana just so you can tell Chelsea and Man U to F off. Very simply, that's all you have to do. Now, Liverpool, for some reason, they only wanted to make deals where they didn't want to pay a lot of money up front, which is probably why Ajax wouldn't even consider this hit. And that's probably why this summer Onana wasn't going anywhere. It's very unfortunate. The biggest loser of the transfer windows are Andre Onana. Easily. If it wasn't for Kepa getting $79 million a few years ago, the goalie market wouldn't be so screwed up right now. Just putting it out there. Man. Blame Kepa. And Bilbao are still... Uh, I don't think they've even spent that much. I don't even think they spent that total. Mm. Just mm-hmm. saying. So Kepa basically was their COVID. He saved the, franchise. saved the franchise. He was. The I mean, that was one of the few teams in Spain I think that didn't struggle during the COVID was Bilbao. This is true. I don't think they had any layoffs or anything. So, This is true. Shout out to Basque Country. So, Aston Villa, winners of the transfer window, in your opinion. Yeah, I think oh, Villa, I mean, Newcastle had fantastic window, too. I mean, Ryan Fraser, Callum Wilson, who are good friends. Uh, not right. surprising. Um, and then, never mind the fact, which, I mean, that's got to make Eddie Howe feel a little bit better, right? I mean, he left right when Fraser and Wilson and all those other guys left. But at the end of the day, what Newcastle missed out on also was the fact they overpaid for Iosi Perez last year because they could have had Josh Ooh. King for like 12 million euros. But that, in on. hindsight, but the thing is for, for Perez, it's, I mean, actually they sold Perez, but they should have signed Josh King to replace him. That's that's what I should, that's what I meant. But I'm saying that Leicester paid too much for Iosi Perez. So Leicester could have actually made a move for Josh King too. Imagine him backing up R.I.B. Barnes. And being able to play on the right side. And then James Madison being able to play more centrally, which I think he's better at. I agree. And then you could still have Dennis Prate in there in the midfield with Tielemans and Ndidi. And you can throw those guys around over there. But I don't know what it is with Leicester. I think they're kind of like okay with being four, fifth, or six. Like, Yeah. they They're kind of like, you know, early 2010 Tottenham. Like... They have the stars, right. but they don't have the they don't have the overall like. Quality. They're okay. They're okay with just making the Champions League. I mean, granted, Jamie Vardy's fantastic, but who's the other striker going in there? Because if Jamie Vardy's out, we've seen how anemic they are when Jamie Vardy is not in. Like that's another team that should have made a move for Doku. Ooh. But I'm also surprised that Barcelona didn't make a move for one of the um, the. Um, Dutch wonder kids, as opposed to going after Depay, because I would have loved to have seen a Calvin Stangs move to Barcelona. Because if they're going to go with this Trincao thing, and Trincao's got to play on the left side. I think Trincao's better on the left. He's played on the right, but I like him on the left better. Doku on the right, or Calvin Stangs on the right. Now, Calvin Stangs, and then Myron Bodu, maybe as a center forward. Now, that's a Dutch. That's a that's two Dutch and a, and a Portuguese uh, winger there. But that's a talented trio. I think that's that's one of those. You know, it passes the uh, football manager test right there. Passes the FM. It's FM certified. Because you get um, like Trincao's more of a winger. Doku can play more of an inside forward, or Stangs is more of like a winger too. So you can play those guys out wide and then have more like centralized players. Not to get too specific into it, but well, yeah. Right. That's something. So like. I'm surprised by Barcelona, Real Madrid's lack of movement, but um, you know, I mean, Chelsea's had enough talk this offseason with the window. They did a lot of their business early. 
But, you know, a Cavani and Tellez with Man United, we already talked about that. Arsenal getting Thomas Party was the biggest signing of the final day. At um, the death. And Arteta finally gets the midfielder. That's his guy. He's been, he's been, since he took over, that has been the talk is he wanted party and he finally got him literally an 11th hour. I mean, I like Torreira going back to Atletico Madrid. That's a good spot for Torreira. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Granted, I don't know how he plays over Hector Herrera, who's very similar, but I think that's the reason Madrid, Atletico Madrid were comfortable letting him go because they got Hector Herrera on a free. Exactly. And Simeone's all about it. All about rotation. And with that Arsenal sign, when I say 11th hour, it, it was out of the clear blue. Like same around the same time Cavani signed with United, right? That Arsenal was going to trigger that fifty million dollar uh, release clause. So the the transfer window and the close of it had some good splashes. I'm I am even more expectant to what comes in the January window, uh, especially based off of what we see in these first few uh, in the, this first uh, what is it the group stage of the yeah. Champions League. That's Watch out for the Champions League there. group stages. A lot Watch of the it. third and fourth place teams. So, uh, actually, we'll do three guys that I think can move just like Holland did last year or Minamino. There we go. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to – actually, let's start with R.B. Salzburg's um, Dominic Sabazalai, who we talked about last week's episode as well. He's going to get a big move one point. I think he's going to end up going to Leipzig um, or he's going to end up going somewhere in Germany. Perhaps I wouldn't even rule out the Premier League. So, that's, that's three leagues where I think he goes because I think his style of play fits – the, the high-paced Bundesliga or the more where, you know, in the Premier League where you can get the one-on-one out wide. So he's kind of like a Grealish. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the player he plays like. Just to give people an idea. And then Eduardo Camavinga. Eduardo Camavinga, who I've been hyping him up for like already like eight or nine months. So this kid is not even 18 yet. He will turn 18 a month from from uh, Thursday, of course. So this is crazy for Camavinga. Uh, I predict that he will go to a Premier League team in January for um, double the sum of Jude Bellingham. Now, I am not saying United will make this move. I'm not saying Everton will make this move. I'm not saying that Chelsea... Chelsea actually have been plotting for Camavinga, apparently. But a team that I think Camavinga could absolutely go to is Man City, unless Chelsea sell Conte. Because I think what happens with Man City, if the Fernandinho, if that Fernandinho blow-up from two weeks ago ends up being anything serious, Fernandinho were to leave the team, that screws them in that center defensive midfield role. That's a gaping hole. So Camavinga could fill that hole. Who is the, who's the third guy you're looking at to potentially move after the groove stage? And I was looking at it, but you know, crazy enough... It probably could be one of the Italian. I mean, let's talk about, um, you know, I had a third name in mind, but I think those are the definite two. I think the third one, in my opinion, would be, um, I had, I had a name in mind, but I lost it. So we're just going to stick with the two for now. But just to give you an idea, like there's some players that can make the move like Halan and Minamino did last year. Right. But I think those two are the big star players. Actually... You know, DACA, but Pats and DACA at, at, at Salzburg, I mean, Koita, but Seku Koita, I don't know if those guys get the big move yet. I think they might hold off because I think Africa they hold Cup of Nations, especially with their contract, Africa Cup of Nations will be probably next summer, hopefully. Um, so that'll be a big tournament for them, especially for Koita. That'll be like a coming out party if they qualify. 
Shout shout out to the Malians. All right, folks. Keep your eyes peeled and tuned. Or we- actually, if Leipzig if Leipzig don't make it, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Sabitzer move. Oh. So that's another player that can make a move out because I think for a team like a Liverpool, if a Jota don't work out, he's insurance. Or if Mane leaves, he's a easy fill gap. Which is which we we haven't talked about in a while and could potentially happen. So folks, stay tuned. UEFA Champions League group stage starts a week from today. No, 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 no. starts in two weeks. I'm sorry, starts in two weeks. Right, two weeks. Stay tuned. It's going to be some action. I'm excited to see what what uh, European club play has has in store. Also, stay tuned. Uh, you know, UEFA Cup of Nations is still going on. Uh, there's some good matches going on in there, and there are some good friendlies that we've seen happen over the past few days. So keep your eyes peeled. Great football action going on right now in the beautiful game. With that being said, this concludes another episode of the Reformed Hooligans podcast presented to you by SSAW in conjunction with the Craft Factory. As always, your host, Osahan, and my partner, Brian. We'll see you. Signing up.